everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of As the Pen Turns. Thank you for joining us as always. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, from the Mythic Pen Company. Here are my other two hosts. Y'all can duke it out. Whoever wants to go first, go first. <laughs> Jason with Jason Neal Penworks. And I am Jonathan Brooks with Carolina Pen Company. You had to think about it for a second, didn't you? <laughs> that was the look. He's always got to say his last name. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that. It's always his last name, like. Got to throw that out there, like, <laughs> hey, I'm Brooks. I'm here. Everything. I'm gonna start fine. doing it in the third person, like everything. We <laughs> <laughs> can break some fourth walls. Yeah, right. So, how's everybody doing tonight? Good. It doing is Sunday well, night for well. those of y'all who who haven't figured out we record on Sundays yet. Um, some interesting six things in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little earlier there. Um, y'all are uh, in the future, so. It's kind of creepy, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of creepy. It's only so much that can happen in an hour. You know, I'm always ahead of you. <laughs> always <laughs> ahead of you, at least an hour. So, um, so Sunday today, actually, there's some interesting things happening tonight at midtime. Midnight is the end of voting for the 2021 As the Pen Turns Smapodi Award which is the super most awesome pin of the year award and the blankety blank award. So midnight is the close uh, for voting. That would be Sunday while we're recording, not Wednesday. So when Just, you hear this, so it will be no too confusion. late. Yeah. Yes. It will be too late by the time <laughs> it will be over. So get your votes in like now. <laughs> <laughs> when do we plan on releasing the winners? As soon as the, uh, the trophy arrives. Okay. And we can actually like show a picture of it or something like that. And we have all the prizes figured out and everything and, and together. Um, gotcha. I, I don't, I don't see it taking more than maybe two weeks. Okay. So possibly by the next episode. We'll yeah. Hopefully do it. Hopefully by the that. next episode, what I would like to live on Instagram, um, have like the three of us join in on a live and talk about it, maybe announce it that way. We'll put up some, uh, I almost said propaganda, but um, some, uh, <laughs> some advertising and we'll let folks know that that's going to happen and everything. So I don't think it will take too long because we have to, I got to get the results in tonight and then I got to get the the name printed, you know, or engraved uh, correctly and everything like that. So I'm thinking to be personalized. I'm thinking that's two pretty weeks. cool. We're yeah. going to put, we're going to put their name on it and everything. Man. I think, I think. Or, no, we're not. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to check. I, I, already, I already made the. Is order, it going to be man. like the Stanley Cup where it just gets returned and sent to the next winner the next year? Or is it going to be. It's not that big. You got to defend your. <laughs> They're not that big. Um, what we're going to do is it'll just be engraved. It'll just be engraved and I'll put like a white label on there and like write the name in there with Sharpie. That'll be. There that'll you be that's our style. It's a fashion. It's a magic erase marker. Right. It's Every all year about we just fun. change it. Yeah, washable marker. You know, that's what we do. <laughs> it's all about fun, right? And it's to celebrate the maker community. Celebrating the maker community. We have our ongoing um, Secret Santa, our Pin Maker Secret Santa program that we started this year. Right. Um, I've been seeing some messages where pins are being completed and mailed and shipped and all that stuff. Some folks like shaking their heads saying, not mine. You're going to have to wait, Jack. Um, I've got a cap. That's what I've got. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. a thought. I have a wish, a hope, and a dream. <laughs> hey, I'm ahead of Brooks. So, We're good. The happy thoughts, right? Second start of the right, straight on to midnight. Just That's keep right. Keep on going, right? Um, you know, and so uh, deadline 
to ship those is December first, right? Is it is the deadline we sent? We said. Oh, did we actually set a deadline? I think we did. I think or, I missed that I, meeting. Oh shoot! Really? I, I may have said in time for them to be there by the holiday. Um, I think that was what we might have said. Okay, knowing where mine is being shipped to, I've got plenty of time. Okay. I know where yours is being shipped to, too. So, you know. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You you created (laughs) those. Mine ain't going out by the first. But you're like the real Santa. I know all. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's ongoing. I've been hearing some positive things. You know, some people are enjoying getting into the spirit of making and and giving that to someone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it'll be cool. Uh, You know, like I say, I think it'll be cool. It'll hopefully be an annual thing. As long as we keep podcasting long as we keep duping people into listen to us. Yeah. I mean, they've been following for it for so far. <laughs> Fool you. Yeah. You know, I mean, that. which, kind of you know, thing. you, you bring that up, but we never even really, I don't think we did. We didn't even really talk about that. We've been doing this for a year now. I think we totally skipped over it. Yeah, we did. Yep. October 27th was yeah. the one year anniversary. There and I only know that we're that's going. my wife's birthday. <laughs> well, that's why we did it. Yeah. Yeah. We knew when we were thinking ahead. You knew it in years. This was time ultimately the plan and... was to get Jonathan on here. Y'all like hey, to play the long game. I like it. Yep. You know, yep, it's 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 it. it's uh it's an investment. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> we were playing chess, not checkers. I get it. In in like four years, there'll be thirteen hosts. Um, and it'll just be all the makers that are out there will be hosting at one time, and there'll be no well, no point for any of the makers to listen <laughs> exactly. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I, I had one of those rough days in the shop where I got zero done. How about y'all? Well, Jason, yeah, quite a bit done. Good. Well, I didn't do Well, I didn't. Sundays, I usually don't get to work too much. We have church and stuff in the morning and groceries and all that fun stuff. Adulting that has to take place. You put it off oh, till okay. the end of the weekend because you just don't want to do it. Um, and then uh, I've been working most of the weekend on stuff. Because I took the week off from work, so I actually get to, well, part of the week, I'll be working in the shop. The other part, I'm driving to Amarillo, so. Ah. <laughs> so three days yeah, to yeah. get to Amarillo. Pretty much. Yeah, but, it's going to be a long trek. Yeah, trying to decide, we were toying around with the idea of doing uh, the Arkansas show next year. Awesome. It's not too far away from us. So okay. trying to figure out logistics, if I actually Always. have enough time. You know, just come to Atlanta. Yeah, I'm just head east. Oh, just come to Atlanta. Just just drive east. Until Arkansas you... is closer. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Probably by several hours. Yeah, because Amarillo yeah. is hits. You're is almost where you there. Hit I twenty, and then if we take because if we go, we wouldn't go to Amarillo. I, I can't. Remember no, no, you would go, cut. You you take. You go 10. northeast. Yeah. Yeah, you take ten over to the. I think it's like the same amount of time. But yeah. gosh, Atlanta is like. 14 16 hours oh it's a long time i made that drive. <laughs> i made the drive from la to atlanta in one straight shot yep. and that was that was ridiculous i mean texas was yeah. the longest the longest part of it um did get some good barbecue yep we do have that but yeah, get that's kind of what's going on <laughs> yeah i don't know about that yeah i'll have to fight you on that one Jonathan, uh, what's what's going on other than you, man? Uh, the same old, same old casting, casting, casting. Uh, Have you found the right actors yet? Uh, <laughs> no, we're still taking auditions. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mostly just casting, trying to get projects done, projects started, and projects right. finished. 
And which one is the hardest? Starting, done, the halfway <laughs> part where yeah. you've made the same material a hundred times and now you got to do it a hundred more times and you just you don't have it in you. That would yeah. be rough because it's you, it's like the discussion we've had before going into production mode. You know, making Oof. one pen in one style at a time is a lot more fun than making a hundred of the same thing over and over again. It's a yeah. lot, lot more fun. Exactly. So I do switch it up. You know, I'll do you know several batches of one style, change it up to batches of something else, and then go back to it. Unless it's a an, a large corporate order, then I do it all in one run. That way, my muscle memory is there as far as how much I'm pouring per batch. You know, of each right. color, the ratios are the same, and I'm as consistent as humanly possible. So that's. And that's kind of what uh, I've been doing is filling a couple cor- corporate orders and then uh, now I'm back to doing the website again. And then for fun, I ended up uh, dyeing my hair blue. I noticed. <laughs> right. I did. So, did you lose a bet? No, the gr- I was getting jealous of the girls. They were all dyeing their hair. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's do mine too. Well, I started to worry when you and I were uh, texting and, and conversing about it. And you said you were going with base state blue. And I was like, I don't think you want your scalp to be blue for all of it. <laughs> I mean, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like on the side. It looks like right. base state blue. On well, the I sides. mean, I think it's a brilliant. It's one of my favorite blues. I mean, you can't get an ink that is bluer. I don't think hardly. Right. But everything else is blue too. the pen. And you're never going to get it out unless you, you know bleach it or whatever so it's your designated base day blue pen yeah yeah. you have to have one of my favorite blues but good lord is it just caustic (laughs) well i mean that's what they put in it too yeah that's the staying uh, power that's what they. that's the benchmark of whether something will stain or not (laughs) seriously i bought a little a couple i didn't want to buy a giant bottle so i bought a couple of sample vials that way i can just take a little eyedropper and just drip a little bit onto something and just to test to see if it's going to stand it or not. Does a uh, Dow chemical or whoever makes Teflon use it to test if it actually, if <laughs> I want it, you know, that's what, that's what you would, uh, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's cool, man. I, you know, it's a lot like, what is a typical corporate order? I mean, is it all vastly different or to some people, is it always like a hundred or more? Or is it always 200 or more? I mean, what are, what do they typically order for the, for the corporate type orders? Uh, it's always over a hundred blanks. Um, but it, and it's usually a hundred of each color or more of each color. Wow. Um, sometimes Jeez. the corp, some corporate orders are, you know, 300 total, some right. are over a thousand. It just depends on what they want and how many of it they need and how fast they want it. Because <laughs> there's always those people that call them in like, I need it yesterday, right? Or I get the email saying, hey, we had a couple issues and we need a, a quick a quick uh, batch because we need to fix something or, you know, uh, like a... For instance, some finished pens were damaged in transit to the customer. Oh, yeah. And they said, oh, no. Okay, let me give us a minute. They emailed me. They told me the situation. I was like, oh, no. Okay, well, luckily, I actually have extras of that exact batch I made you. Let me just grab those, put them in the middle of the next. Actually, I put them in the middle of the same day. And luckily, that that was a lucky happenstance of just happened to have some extras of exactly what they needed. 
Um, think, think that'll ever happen again that you just happen to have those? No, no, because <laughs> I, I, I rarely, rarely ever uh, um, make extra when it comes to those type of types of orders. I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And the majority of the time, it's it's a non-exclusive color, so it's say it's a primary one, for example. You know, yeah. I, if I make extra, they just go in the bin for inventory for other things. If it's a exclusive color, then I typically make just what they want. Maybe a, you know, depending on the number, if a batch goes a little bit over, I'll have some extras. Sure, uh, mostly just for reference for later on because they probably won't need it for another year or so. And I want to have something I can look at and make sure when I'm mixing. Oh, okay, that's um, that's the right uh, color. Right. Well, it's just like we know as makers. You have somebody order a pen and you're like, I've got one piece of this material. That's the only piece I have. And you're, yeah. on, you're on just pins and needles the entire <laughs> time. And, and usually until you get the section finished, you get the section drilled out and you can a little bit, right? Yeah. That's like Jason when he does his, uh, what is it? The Tucker model that had the floating um, eyedropper chamber and it's like a little poker factor oh, it's, because, oh, man. because you got to get the dimensions so so small right i'm working on another version of that that would be even it's not why do you do this you yourself man <laughs> man i gotta do it so i can sleep at night so it's out of my head do you need to talk <laughs> no it's another version that would be a similar it'd be a similar type of effect but um not as comp well Overall, it wouldn't be as complicated, but it's still complicated. And how does this make you feel? Mm. It's in my head, so I got to try it. Just just making sure you don't know we're good. You know, we're here for you. (laughs) Yeah. This is a safe space. Yes. We love you. You we do that. judge, but we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll judge the crap out of. I was going to say, safe space. <laughs> it's a safe yes. space, except for all the ridicule. <laughs> Is it a judgment full zone? You know, yes. it's not a judgment free zone, but so that, that's cool. I'm glad everybody's having had a pretty good weekend. Um, I had a, fun. I was trying to think of before we started recording how to say this. It wasn't necessarily a brainstorm this, this morning, this <laughs> afternoon, but I didn't want to call it like a brain drizzle or something because that just sounds gross. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's like you uh, and those metaphors and things or whatever. I know, I know, I know. They it's, just pop out at random times. It's a right? talent. It's a talent. If I could make money on it, I would. Um, but I was, I had to order new uh, filters for my air uh, purifier or my my dust collector. Oh yeah, and I didn't want. I I didn't enjoy paying for them. No, because <laughs> they're they're a little pricey, and so I'm figuring out that I'm going to have to replace them like once a month like faster than I thought I would. It's such a small shop. And when yeah, I, I, when the, I, when I polish, polish, it just crams it all in there. So I looked up and I was noticing that the output side was a little bit less than it had been. And what I was thinking is like, well, maybe I can clean the filter a little bit. Not, not a, it's not, cause it's not a cleanable filter. It's one of those paper throwaway ones, the out, mm-hmm. the exterior one. So I was like, maybe I can clean it a little bit. And I, I, I kind of pulled on and it was just, it, it gets it so ingrained into the fibers. You can't really clean it very well. So I was thinking today, I ordered I ordered the two-pack of the filters on Amazon or something. And then I had to go to Home Depot today to get some lumber for the shop. Pin makers need lumber every once in a while. Um, so I can finish my wall of ridiculousness of all my blank cabinets. Uh, <laughs> and 
So I was thinking, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get some of those like 12 by 20 air conditioning uh, filters. And I'm just going to tape it over the, 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 the nice filter. <laughs> You're going to filter the filter. Well, they're like, they're like <laughs> 450 a piece, right? Instead of 14, 15 bucks for the other one or whatever it costs. Yeah. And, and I can't get that size filter at the Home Depot. I can get the small one inch filters there easy. So I'm figuring what I'm going to see how this works because the, the airflow is going to be the same. There's, there's going to be a nominal effect on the airflow. Um, I'm going to see how it works. I'm hopefully to capture a lot of it before it gets into the expensive filter. That's true. That's, it sense. wasn't a brainstorm. It was more like a brain sprinkle. It was called an epiphany. I don't know if it was. I think that, epiphany is better than sprinkle or think, drizzle. Uh, yeah. Epiphany is more important. I didn't like Eureka moment or anything. It was just more kind of like a. That's because that's a Eureka moment. You had an epiphany. It was like a, I don't know, a light brain shower. It wasn't like a brainstorm. Just take the epiphany and go. Okay. It was a, it was a, it was a dadgum epiphany and it was an amazing thought. Everybody try it. It's like when people vacuum out the air conditioner filter to keep it going a little bit longer. Well, yeah, and those are the cheap ones. You could get them for like four bucks. Wait, they'll well, just do no. that here in South Carolina. The one in my air conditioner for the house is one of those plastic ones with the with the uh, it's it's a reusable. You, you can't just go pick one up at Home Depot. They don't have yeah. them. So I, every once in a while, I've got to take it out in the yard and freaking hose it down <laughs> because it gets and that's when the air conditioner will freeze up because it gets so caked and then the air stops working on like a three day, you know, <laughs> it always waits for that day. Yes, that's funny. Anyway, but we digress a lot, a lot. Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, y'all want to get to what we call the meat and taters of what we're doing today? I think we might need to. Yeah, <laughs> um, it is an even numbered episode, right? So everybody knows that means it's interview time. That's right. It's interview time um, tonight. Our guest hails from the Ohio state. Is that how you say it? Um, everybody, I'm going to ask to unmute real quick. Yeah, if if he'll allow me to unmute him, I'm the moderator of this dead gum thing too. So from Ohio, we have John Tello with us this evening. John, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Glad to be here. So introduce yourself. Yeah. So I am John Tello from Hello Tello Studio. I'm a pen maker, obviously. Um, but yeah, and been making pens for a little while now. I'm excited just to kind of share what we do and uh, what we're all about. Outstanding. Good to have you. Welcome, John. Hey, John. And we also have our randomly selected member from our members Q&A earlier this evening, uh, Darren MacArthur from Timber Elegance. How's it going? Going great. You're still with us. Yes, I am. Glad you so, guys had me on tonight. Outstanding. So Darren gets to ask the first, what we call meaningful question. <laughs> <laughs> we try to make you know, it a good one. It's not just the, Hey, who are you? You know, introduce <laughs> yourself. You know, that's not, you know, that's not as meaningful, but we try to, we try to let the, let our member, and this is one of our member. Um, what do you want to call it? Benefit. Uh, we have perks. A, perks. Yeah, yeah. We have a membership only Q and a that happens before the interview sessions. Every other, other Sunday is what we figured out <laughs> once a month. And we saw with, with, with the names they're they're plural on there and we select somebody to come on. So, uh, Darren, tell every, first off, tell everybody who you are, right. 
ask away. All right. Well, my name is Darren MacArthur. As was mentioned, uh, my pen business is Timber Elegance. I'm located in Canada. Um, John, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. I, I've, I've been watching your work and I've seen it on the Instagram and uh, around different areas. You do beautiful stuff. Thank you. Um, one of the questions I've been wondering about, what does Tesori stand for? All right. Well, <clears throat> let me explain a little bit, a little bit of backstory so that people know what Tesori is. Um, yeah. So some people in the pen community have been confused by me a little bit. I have been Hello Tello for a long time. I actually am an artist. I do painting, drawing, and uh, a lot of other fun stuff. And podcast actually, logos. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I started making pens in 2016, and then I've been in, used to be in Italy, uh, lived there for about 10 years since 2011, and yeah, when I was there, I started Tesori, which is kind of like a nonprofit aspect of the pen stuff that I do, and so the reason why we chose Tesori is because my wife and I have been working with um survivors of sex trafficking since we've been in Italy. And one of the things that we call the survivors of trafficking, we refer to them as treasures. Treasures because we feel that they're valuable um, and that they have worth. And so a lot of what we do with Tesori goes to help these treasures. And so Tesori actually means treasures in Italian. So it's a way of us kind of just... yeah, giving a shout out to them, and uh, they've been through a lot, and this is kind of represents a small nonprofit business that kind of helps them become restored, and so that's kind of where the name comes from. That's amazing. I, that is truly wow. amazing. That's great, man. Yeah, that's just, I, yeah, <laughs> that's out. It's just, just outstanding. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's a very deep answer that I think we're going to get into a exactly. little further down the road here. Yeah, that's the short version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're going to have to fill at least three hours. So you know, I mean, you know how we are. Let's go for four. Let's go. Yeah, and go. We're going <laughs> to break the. He we're going to break the record. <laughs> well, Darren, thanks for joining in with us, man. Thanks, Darren. Yeah, hey, it was a pleasure. It. Thank you for having me in. I'm going to have to give you the boot, not the a boot. That's okay. I want I want to wait here well when everybody else does. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining in. Thanks for asking a question. And we'll see you uh once a month, right? On our next <laughs> every yeah. other sun every other other Sunday. Once yeah. a month sounds much easier. Well, than every yeah, other. once a month is a lot easier said. <laughs> well, have a great night, Darren. Thanks for joining us, man. Bye, right, everybody, Darren. Darren. So, yeah, um, John, uh, you know, I've been uh, when I first started making pens, there were like three or four uh, accounts that I that I kept seeing pop up and names that I kept seeing pop up. Right. Uh, Of course, we've got uh, Jonathan and I kept seeing like Sean Newton. I kept seeing um, at the time I kept seeing Carl pop up a lot, too. Right. At Fisher of Pens. um, Now, F3 pens. Uh, And I, I kept seeing. Hello, Tello pop up. And I, I looked to do some research and I was like, who is this dude? Because there was a difference to what you were doing style wise. And, um, 
you know, and now I've gotten to know you a little bit better. And I know that there's this artistic side of, of what you do. There's, you know, like it's actual art, not, you know, not just an artistic style of making pins. You actually do artwork. It makes a lot of sense now. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I've just, I've been admiring the pins for quite some time. I actually Thank own, you, I own one now. Yes. Nice. Oh man. It's like, it's like the, the perfect, like Malachor Darth Vader. Yep. pin. it's just amazing. Black and with red, an ink window with a red ink window. It's just perfect. Oh, nice. Is which, mo- which model is that? It's the Fidenze. The Fidenze model. Yeah. My model. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I have. <laughs> he's getting it. He's getting it. He's getting it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. say, yeah. you can't describe it, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. We get the benefit of the video. So we check should. it. So it's the oh, wow. black and red Ebonite. Yep. It's that's just very nice. It, it, I can't, I can't imagine a better material for that. Oh, that ink window is perfect. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Wow. It, it, it the ink window like glows in a way. It's pretty cool. And then you put a super, super fat double broad in there for me. Yep. That must be a box then, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, you say <laughs> when, in, when, when in Italy, you know, I had better access to Bach nibs. So guess what? Bach nibs are what I used. Well, you <laughs> gotta, you, go. you gotta jump on the troubles that way, you know? Absolutely. Now, do you still use Bach uh, as your main nib? Yeah. And, and offer others, or does it just Bach and only Bach? I I, I can do Jowo, but for some reason, I, I've always just leaned towards Bach. I don't know why. It's just kind of. I think their housings are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they can be finicky in terms of threading them, but. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Took so, me like nine yeah. prototypes to make a section that one would go into and like yep. four different taps. And yeah. Yeah. But once That's you get why it, I haven't started mine yet. <laughs> well, you, you know, to- I like the nibs. They, they make a quality nib. It was just the housing was just, or not the housing, but the, the, the construction, the internal diameter and, and, and construction of the section was just so difficult to work out. Correct. But once you got it, you got it. So well, yeah. I, I made like thirty of them, and then I haven't made one in like six months. So we'll see. <laughs> so you know, um, what we do with our interviewees is we ask them questions. I know that's a weird that's a weird thing to do with people who are getting interviewed. Imagine that. Um, and and we have a long list of questions. Yep. I don't. <laughs> I, I had like I. I I didn't have a brain drizzle on questions for this one. Um, okay. Jason, going Jason with and I one, are right? going to pick up the slack. Tonight. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep kicking that brain drizzle thing. Um, <laughs> I do. I do have one thing that I wanted to mention before I, I move on to them and let them ask the, <laughs> the good questions. Um, I was looking at your website earlier and I really like um, I'm calling them like the four pillars of what you have on your website. Uh, I don't know if you set them up to be pillars or I know that you, you know, it's a theme or whatever, but you have um, excellence, beauty, chip, and quality. Uh, those four pillars. Um, it, it seems like, you know, through your work and through seeing your work now firsthand, you've got a commitment to those four things. Um, what do you do to strive to, to uphold those four pillar? I get I, pillars. I keep going back to pillars because it's kind of what it seems like. Well, I do a lot. As an artist, 
I am my biggest critic. And so kind of like we all know, you know, rarely do I let anything leave the shop that isn't up to a certain standard. And so I don't, um, yeah, like you'll ask my wife, you know, before anything goes out, I'm rechecking the threads, I'm rechecking the polish. And sometimes I screw things up. Sometimes in the trying to fix something, it's like, oops, I accidentally, (laughs) that cap just kind of shot as I was trying to polish off that one, you know, you you couldn't even see it, but I could see it under, you know, (laughs) huge... You know, bright light. The yeah, magnifier. Yeah, exactly. so you yeah. have a exactly. dentist light, don't um, you? Then, and then there I was a loop going, yeah. okay, I can see it. Well, we exactly. have to look <laughs> under magnification now because we've got we've got macro pa- pictures of our pins being oh, posted gosh. on Instagram. Exactly. Yes. Microscopes <laughs> so, and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anything that goes out of the shop, we I make sure that it is two par and hopefully even then some, you know. And then... Yeah, like it's always been one of my mottos. I see the, what's it called? I see the imperfections, but sometimes some of those imperfections are part of the beauty, the beauty of a custom-made pen. Because if you want something manufactured, well, they got plenty of large manufacturers that use, you know, heavy-duty CNC machines and hands rarely touch it until they assemble it, you know? So part of the beauty, I think, with us small pen makers is, some of the imperfections and some of the differences in that. And so sometimes I just need to let some of those imperfections, not necessarily in, in terms of the threading and term, you know, but sometimes the sizing, sometimes, you know, it's not exactly 13 and a half millimeters and, and that's okay. You know, and obviously being a craftsman, craftsmanship is part of what I do. And yeah, the quality, it all, it all kind of just plays off one another, but uh yeah, I love what I do. And, you know, one of the things there, customer satisfaction, you know, if a customer is not satisfied, hey, let me know. Kind of like we've always said, we'll make it right. You know, even if I need to make you another pen, like I had a customer from the Netherlands that for some reason, you know, I was, had just gotten back, got my shop back up and running. And there was a small scratches that I didn't see. I didn't check. And, you know, it went off to her, you know, at the end of the day, she let me know. And I said, hey, thanks for letting me know, because that shouldn't be happening. If I need to make you a new pen so that you don't have to send it back and, you know, I'll do that. You know, I'll do whatever I need to do also because it was in Europe and I was here and I don't want them to pay taxes twice. And there's all these other things, but work with us as pen makers and we'll make things right as we need to. But that's the luxury of the small pen community. You can get things done. You can talk Mm -hmm. to the maker directly and uh, you get all of these pillars from, I think most of us, I think most of us can, can attest to those. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where you bring up the beauty of working with a small maker. You can have a conversation with that maker. Uh, And we've said it a couple of times on the podcast that, that reach out to us first. You know, if you bought one of Jason's, one of Jonathan's, bought one of John's, man, there's three people with J names on here tonight. <laughs> so I'm out. I'm outnumbered. So, you know, if you buy one of those pins, reach out to the maker first. And, you know, nine times out of nine and a half, that maker will do everything they can to make it right with everything within their abilities to make it right. And, that's, uh, yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. I like to contribute. 
just I'm gonna have to just <laughs> point. You know, it's everybody's a J name to me tonight instead of me. It's, you you uh, can just call me Tello because that's in in high school. That's you know, there's so many Johns, and that's where right. Hello Tello yep. actually comes comes from. You know, everybody knew there was tons of Johns. So guess what? Tello became my name. And people looked for me and said, "Hey, Tello," and they. Yep. Would say hello, Tello, and that's kind of where Hello Tello came in. So nice. it's easier for you. You can just say Tello. Yeah. <laughs> I was always called Miller Light. I couldn't really name my shop that. So <laughs> probably not. I was always called Brooks by most people anyway. Yeah. Brooks or Brooksy. Brooksy. Brooks. Oh no. Well, that sticks too because you know every time Sean's around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, Newton was the one that came up with that most. The, he's the one that uses Brooksy the most. <laughs> <laughs> that time he was on the meeting and uh he was eating pizza and he was saying we love you brooksy with pizza like while i was eating <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh man so um yeah i'm pointing at this guy here uh, it was on my screen you're pointing at and you're pointing at brooks so. <laughs> well is this you where are you i'm gonna no, that's john you. you're gonna find me it's One like of the things we're gonna we're gonna have to start doing this before we before we start we're gonna have to coordinate where everybody is on everybody's screen <laughs> the, the orientation so I, I, think can jason, set it I think jason had a question didn't he <laughs> that's it <laughs> there you go well played well played that's a somebody i do i have a few questions <laughs> We'll get to asking. Come on now. Oh, see, I didn't. I didn't see the chat. Sorry. God. <laughs> Sorry. I was looking at my list of questions and I <laughs> cart before the horse, there, Jason. Oh well. No, I do have some questions, but uh, so with all the different talents and artistic endeavors you've done, with, yeah, I think you mentioned painting, drawing. I think also photography and graphic design. What initially kind of piqued your interest into pen making? And like, kind of, where did that start? Um, yeah. I guess even before Tesori. Yeah. So the Look biggest thing. Going Italian. Yeah. Good job. Good job. We're, we're good at that in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, it's interesting. Uh, we were we were back from Italy for a short time here in the states at about it was uh, 2015 16, um, and my wife's uncle gifted me a pen that he had made. Hmm. Um, it was a simple, you know, kit pen. And I looked at it and he's like, yeah, I made it. I'm like, really? <laughs> well, that's interesting. Uh, tell me more. And so, you know, I've always been a pen snob, you know, I I'm very particular about my pens, you know, um, I would always order expense, not expensive pen, but you know, artistic pens, you know, yeah. that aren't, aren't cheap, you know, they're like three, four, five bucks a piece. And, yeah. you know, um, and so once he told me that he made it, I said, okay, tell me more. Then he invited me into his shop and it was all over, you know, <laughs> he's like, come, you can make a few. And I made a few. And then he's like, well, I know you don't have the equipment. You're here for a short time. So how about you put in an order for some stuff for yourself and we'll just keep a box here for you. And he did, and I nice. just I just went at it, and I really enjoyed it. And yeah, it's a, a rabbit hole that hasn't ended. And now I have a whole yeah. workshop full of stuff. Exactly, <laughs> make sense. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how, how it all started. Um, and I, I've not yeah. found that that hole ends either. No, no, there is no there is no end in sight, and, no. and it, 
you know, once you start making shavings, it's over. Oh yeah. As soon as you no, start getting the, yeah, as soon as you're like, oh, that was fun. Let me do that again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's see if I can, let's see if I can try it this way. And well, you know. it, it, and I think like the, the biggest satisfaction in that, you know, one of my first loves is is oil painting, and mm-hmm. so. Working with oil takes a long time because Mm -hmm. there's dry time between layers. There's a lot. And so, you know, painting something sometimes would take me months and months and months. This is like instant satisfaction. Like I can (laughs) sit down and just get it done in a day, you know, in a few hours. And I'm like, wow, look at this beautiful writing instrument and have it done in a day. And so that kind of helped a lot because. Slow art is good, but also art that you can get done in a day is also uh, kind of addicting in some ways. You yeah, get that it's... sense of accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Because the, you know, like with doing a, when I do the Urushi lacquer, that's that's a you know several month long process. And it's one of those you, you know, the mental acuity you have to have to say it's going to get there. It's going to look amazing. Yep. We're I'm going to get this right. I'm going to. <laughs> complete oh, this yeah. thing one day, you know, that's, that's a mental drain on yourself. Oh, absolutely. And, and so the, yeah, the instant, you know, oh, look what I just made, you yep. know, that sense of relief almost for me yep. that uh, oh, hey, yeah. I actually finished something. Oh yeah. yeah. And and the hard thing is being an artist, I, I always have, I have sketchbooks full of ideas. And so I want to get onto the next, you know, oh, I'm yes. distracted while I'm making the one I'm making because I'm already thinking about the next. And so, yeah. You know, yeah, some of you guys understand that. Oh, yeah, we have. I'll be uh, in the middle and I'm like, oh, I'm going to like, I, I have plenty to work on, but I'm I'm just going to go peruse the materials drawer. And then you come up with like six, seven, eight more. And you're like, oh, but I haven't yeah. finished these over here. Correct. No, 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 no. I've, I've had projects where I stopped what I was doing in that moment. Oh, yeah. I set it to the site and started the idea I had in my head and didn't get had yep. to go back and finish the other thing later. It's usually a week, a week later, you you know, (laughs) oh yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah. What was I (laughs) making again? Or several months later, a year or two later for me. (laughs) I've I've done that as well. Oh yeah. Now, John, you do the art full time or? No, um, I work for a nonprofit, actually. I work for a Christian nonprofit. Um, Yeah. And so that's kind of why I was in Italy in 2011. My wife and I moved to Italy to do, yeah, just work there. Um, I work with the church and doing a lot of community work with art. And so I've done art shows. I've done art in the community, taught it at schools, arts camps. And then my wife works with, you know, she started an organization over there that works with survivors of sex trafficking, trying to get them off the street and whatnot. And so that's kind of what we were doing there. So that's my full-time gig. And then I do a lot of graphic design for um, a lot of these Christian nonprofits that can't afford to pay um, just, you know, designing websites, logos, marketing material, branding, just kind of all that fun stuff. So yeah, that's kind of my full-time job, what I do nine to five. And then I kind of do this as a way of just decompressing, being creative and kind of helping fund uh, some of the work that we do in Italy through making pens. That's really awesome. Uh, you know, con- con- that's, that's, that's some, that's just really cool work. Uh, I, I don't know how else to put that. Well, you don't <laughs> see a lot of, like, you don't see that level of not, not that not doing that is bad. You know, most of the shops you see don't, have that kind of next level of giving back, oh, yeah. which is really right. unique, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, uh, Newton has his uh, scholarship. Yeah, scholarship. Fund. Yeah, true. Newton yeah. has a scholarship that. fund mm-hmm. and things like that. But I mean, the work that John is doing, and uh, now is it? I know it's part of Tesori. Yeah, but isn't um, like how does that work per se? As far as yeah, yeah, because um, I believe it's a portion of your sales yep. of every sale goes towards this yeah. uh, fund for, and is still. Uh, only being done in Italy, correct? Yeah. So, so let me explain that a little bit. So, uh, we had to open something up because I was under a religious worker visa in Italy. So, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of restrictions when you're with a religious worker visa in Italy. So, we had to open up this kind of like non profit over there, and so everything that's made has to be poured back into the nonprofit. And so um, kind of how that came about, let me give you a little bit of the backstory because it's really neat. When I was back here in the States for that small period of time, we we're trying to raise some funds because we were translating a curriculum that kind of helps caregivers take care of themselves as well as survivors in Italy. So in Italy, they don't have a lot of resources. So this is a curriculum that my wife was really passionate about getting translated because for those who are helping survivors of trafficking, they need to care for themselves and they need to know how to care for uh, these women as well. And so we had to hire a translator to translate it. And so we didn't have any funds for it. Eventually, what ended up working is me selling these simple kit pens. And through that, you know, this light bulb, this epiphany came where I'm like, okay, if I can do this small scale, how can we do this into a bigger scale? And so it took me about four years to figure out the bureaucracy in Italy to figure out how to open this up. Um, but eventually once we were able to open it up, um, yeah, we're able to donate, you know, we have a lot of, there's a lot of taxes and a lot of costs to running any type of business in Italy. If you ask anybody, it's the worst place to start a business because it just, yeah, it drains you um, financially. So we're able to donate 25 plus percent. Like last year, I think we made about 11,000 euros. Once we opened, we were able to give back about 5,000 of that. Awesome. And so we're, we're very intentional about what we do, wanting to make sure that everything that we do, we're able to roll back into um, the program and everything that we're doing. And so yeah. like for me, all everything that I do is volunteer. So my time, my resources, material, everything I donate to Tesori. Hello, tell us kind of what I have on the side so that when I need new equipment, new materials, I fund it through that. And then mm-hmm. it benefits Tesori. So that's kind of how that works. But um, yeah, it's, it's really neat because the whole idea with Tesori is it's a long-term plan that we have. So my wife works with survivors of trafficking with this organization. And one of the things that we saw while we were over there is that there's nowhere to send the women um, when they're ready to come out. So if we are on the streets, we're talking to them or, you know, bring them some, something warm to eat, some, you know, while they're out there uh, and they want to come out, there's nowhere to really send them. And so we've been working on opening up a safe house. And actually by the end of this year, we've finally are getting it open. We're going to have the first few women uh, actually coming hopefully by the end of the year or the beginning of next year. And the whole idea with Tesori is it's going to be a work program for the safe house. Our work, pro- our program for the safe house 
I think it's like a seven-year program. So it's a very extensive program that we're going to take the women through just because they've been through so much. Um, they need a lot of help. And so, yeah. but they need somewhere to work because a lot of these women, they were brought into this type of work when they were teens, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. And this is the only thing that they know how to do. Most of them come from Africa. They're, um, yeah, they're brought in from Africa. They're coursed, promised a job. They end up in Italy and all of a sudden they're stuck. They have no support wow. system, don't speak the language, don't know anybody, and they're kind of stuck in the system. And so for somebody who doesn't speak the language, doesn't have an ed education, doesn't have anything going for them, there's not much that, that they can do. So in preparing for the safe house, um, one of the things as part of the program that we've been working on is having a small business that the women can partake in it and learn how to work. And so when I was in Italy, I did a pilot program with a young lady who, um, yeah, came off the streets. Um, our church was kind of helping her with some different things, but she needed a job. And so I hired her to make pen pouches for us. And so she had a lot of skills with her hands and sewing. And so she was able to do that for me. So I worked with her and how to start a small business. And it was kind of like the pilot program was able to fund everything through the sales of pens in terms of paying her for training, for specialized training, for sewing classes, for just everything. And yeah, I was able to support her by buying those pouches. And so that's kind of the beginning of the work program um, for the safe house. So once the women are ready to start learning how to work, we need to have Tizori up and running and to have it be a successful business so that we can incorporate the women into that. So over these next couple of years, I'll be working on establishing that, but then also writing a work program for the women. How do you teach them how to work? How do you teach them the value right. of arriving on time? How do you teach them all the legalities within the Italian system of how do you pay your taxes when you're sick? Because it's complicated over there. Even for me, mm -hmm. who's educated, who has a college education, it was a nightmare trying to figure out just how to wow. maneuver that system. And so, oh, yeah. we, you know, by having Tizori is having it be a successful thing, then we can teach them the process of making a pen. You know, like I think I myself or my counterpart in Italy will make the pens essentially, but they're going to need to learn kind of factory type work. And so, you know, they're going to need to learn how to sand the pens, how to buff them, how to put them together, how to quality control, how to package and how to ship out. And so if they can learn all these other processes and learn how to do them well, then hopefully they can build a good curriculum. Uh, hold on. I, sometimes I forget my um, English. A good resume. A good resume. Right. Um, okay. So that then we'll be able to find other partner organizations that are willing to hire them after they've had mm. some work experience with a pen manufacturer. And so. Yeah, shows that they can have a work ethic. Correct. And, Correct. you know, the skills to continue on beyond, Correct. you yep. know, their their beginnings. Correct. And, and the nice thing is we want to establish a place where they, they're allowed to fail, you know. Mm -hmm. They're allowed to fail and that we can just kind of embrace them and, and just love on them. Because nobody has ever encouraged them, hey, you can do it. Hey, it's okay to fail. How many of us know... How many times do we fail? Do we break something? Do we, you know? <laughs> I don't and, keep track. But, 
but, exactly, but nobody's, yeah. coming, nobody's coming down your neck or you know, down your throat saying, Hey, that's not okay. So yeah. now that just cost us this. So, right. you know, just giving them a place where they can learn to be a good worker and, and just be who they've been created to be. So yeah. that's kind yeah. of the whole idea with Tesori um, and what we're working towards and still a work in process. And we still screw up and we still mess up in terms of how do we do things and we're still trying to figure everything out. But uh, I think in the long haul, we're excited um, to see what, what's going to happen with this and how we can help in the small ways we can. I'm excited to, to see where it's going to go and how, how you're going to be able to get there. And hopefully through what we're doing here and now talking Absolutely. about it, mm-hmm. it's going to open the eyes to more and more of the U S market that can support, you know, Hello and, and, and through that to sorry yep. and so on and so forth. And then just blows up and, well, I should say blossoms from there. Let me use a, yeah. a little bit more friendly term. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good. Like I said, I'm, I'm very fortunate, very privileged to just be a part of something bigger, you know, with, with the skills that God has given me and the abilities. I'm just very fortunate to, you know, just play a small part in, in making a difference. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. Like if you would have asked me, you know, six years ago that I would be making pens and impacting women's lives, you know, for good, I, I would have told you you're crazy. Like those two things do not mix, but it's right. been really neat to see how, you know, the pen community is, is an incredible community. You know, there, there's nothing like it. It's, it's kind of right. crazy. Um, but yeah, like if you're going to buy a beautiful pen, may as well buy a beautiful pen and, and impact a life while doing it, you know, so. and. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of a little bit of the backstory, a little bit of uh, yeah, that's why our packaging is very intentional. We're very minimalistic in our packaging. Cause I'm thinking, you know, we stamp our own packaging. We do our own wax stamps. I'm just thinking, what can the women do? You know, mm-hmm. so stamping yeah. packaging is part of something women can do. So instead of buying it, I know it, sometimes it costs more in terms of time, but that's something I want the women to do instead mm-hmm. of buying a fancy box okay, I'd rather pay the woman for, you know, and we have the woman that um, I originally worked with is still making some of the pouches, but we also have another association in Naples that I visited when I was there. Um, And they work also with survivors of trafficking. And Mm -hmm. so they also make some of our pouches for us as well. And so we're giving back in that way. And that doesn't account to the 25% that we donate. That's additional costs but we're giving back in that sense mm-hmm. so is there a large concentration of um either contributing to that 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 type of charitable work in italy in general like what do you mean um you know just because you were saying you know most of these 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 women from Prico, they're brought over to italy uh-huh. is that is it just that is it just prevalent there so there's a large need for that kind of uh yeah that, like, uh, like I'll, I'll give you, yeah i'll give you a couple just simple statistics um yeah because because a lot of people don't know you know when you think of italy you think you know of the beautiful cities the history the art the food you know so right. many wonderful things but you know italy is known as one of the top destinations in the world for commercial sex trafficking so there's at least 120,000 victims of commercial sexual exploitation in Italy. 
Prostitution oh. has been legal in Italy for over 50 years, since Jeez. 1958. So you see women in the corner of the streets in the roundabouts, they're there, okay? And, and that's not illegal for them to do if they have the proper hmm. paperwork, okay? Wow. So it's one of the top 10 destination countries in the world for victims of human trafficking. And these statistics have all been supported by documents. I'm not just kind of rattling these off, hmm. you know? According to estimates from the Italian Interior Ministry and Police, 45% of Italian men purchase commercial sex acts at least once a year. Wow. Okay. So when you have a need for it, when you have a demand for it, 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 it's there. You know, and if you look geographically at Italy, the Italy, you know, little boot, Sicily, it's probably the closest point to Africa. So it's kind of the gateway into Europe. And so okay. that's another reason why so much happens. It's, and Italy and Europe for a lot of Africans is kind of like, you know, a new hope. It's kind of like America, you know, land of the free land of right. opportunity. So for them, it's not America, Africans, it's mostly um, Europe. And most of the women that we've seen on the streets and we've worked with, most of them are African yeah, Africans. And so, um, yeah, so th- there's just a lot to that. And, th- and there's reasoning for it. Just There's just a high demand. So therefore, <laughs> there's a lot of people trafficked there for it. So and hopefully you can help as many as humanly possible. Yeah, it's great. With yeah, all great, the effort great work, you're putting yeah. into it. Great yeah, work so, you're doing there. So, yeah, it's, it's good, you know, and that's why we were th- part of the reason why we were there. And, you know, now we're back in the States and it's been neat to see the opportunities that have opened up with me being back, you know, being able to do a pen show, you know, just reconnecting with the pen community here more mm-hmm. to kind of just be a bigger voice for what's happening there. And that was and that that's a, a good segue to something I was going to bring up was. The Ohio Pin Show, because you, that yes. was what, uh, a week ago now, correct? Yeah, yeah, a week uh, ago. So uh, I can't remember. I was in, where was I? I was in Jacksonville, Florida last weekend. Okay. <laughs> Brad was there the weekend before I was there right. last weekend. Just <laughs> missed each other. So, Jason, you're, you're next to go to Jacksonville. Just warming it up for you. Yeah. So, um, but how was the Ohio show? Uh, it was the crowd, good. The scene. Yeah, it was uh, good. It, it was my first pen show. It was my first pen show. Um, originally, I was hoping to go to the London pen show, uh, but COVID happened. And so never got right. to it. So um, it was really good. It was really good. It was good to make contact with some of the pen makers. You know, I got to meet, you know, Gregory Hardy. <laughs> you had a group there to hang out <laughs> yeah. with. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, Gregory, let's see, I, I got to meet uh, Jim, his wife, Elise, Rich, you know, from River City Pen Company, Kirk Spear, who, you know, did some work on my pen nib. Um, yeah, just a lot of really neat people because, um, you have you know, the neat thing with the pen community is we know each other from social media, but seeing him in person and interacting and eating a meal with him is, is a whole other ball game. Right. And so Jim, yes. yeah. Yeah, Jim and his wife were exceptional. They really made me feel at home. You know, they made sure I had meals. They made sure I had food because I was the only one there. You know, they they really took care of me when I was there. So I was really grateful for them. And it's just an example of 
the Bend community that we uh, we live in. So yeah, uh, Brad and I got lucky with um, Mark and Johanna, you yeah. know, coming by and hey Matthew as well. Uh, oh saying, yeah. Hey, do you need a drink? Food? You need food? You need a break? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we would have been done to them. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. There's no way that I don't. I mean, I'm going to credit them with part of our success at those shows because we wouldn't have been able to be there for the customers as yeah. much as in, in, in concentrating on the the tables and things like that. Oh yeah. And it just yeah. goes back to, I don't know. I don't know much about other maker communities, but I have a feeling that none of the other communities are like ours. I mean, no, just, no there's it, it's special a lot of play. A lot of other business types are very cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's a oh, and I also thing. got to meet Krusak. Okay. Oh, nice. Great. Yeah. He was kind of like two tables in front of me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, him and his daughter, his daughter, Zoe. I was going to say, what, was it Sylvia or Zoe? Yeah. Zoe was there. So it was, it was neat to see her because, you know, I see my daughters at the pin shows later on. I see that, you know, so I'm like, ah, oh, that's going to be my girls um, in a year or two, you know. Hey, so my oh. daughter typically would go go to with me to most of the shows, and when she was younger, she would have her uh, she would have, she would have my laptop under the table, <laughs> laying down watching Netflix. But uh, you know, last right. year, the last time we were at DC show, I was like, all right, you're get, you got to work, st- you got to start working a little bit, kid. Yeah, you start earning your keep. So <laughs> yep. she, oh yeah. And unbeknownst to me, she was listening to all their conversations we were having. So she heard me t- say the spiel a thousand times. Oh, I believe it. And when I said, all right, kid, you're up. Cause my wife had left to go do a, uh, one to take one of the classes. Yeah. I think it was one of the, I think it was calligraphy that day. Yeah. And so Aiden came out and she's like, hi, these are all the pins my daddy makes. And she ran, she rattled on me. Whole <laughs> oh, wow. She's like, would you like to, would you like to hold a pen and, and try it out? And, I was like, that's all right, awesome. Kid, you're hired. You're hired. <laughs> done. Now, yeah. the, the the neat thing is, uh, you know, uh, my daughter, you know, they've they've really caught on to the work that my wife and I are doing, and she's always said, "Hey, you know, what what can I make? Because I want to make something and sell and help the women." So, mm. you know, after talking to Krusek, um, Ryan, he's like, "No, you just bring her. You know, whatever she makes, bring her, have her sell it, and if it goes to oh, help, yeah. the dog, great." Like, you know, that's how we started with my daughter. So, you know. You have your first sale with me, you know, once you bring her back. And I, and I told my, my daughter and she was so excited. She, cause she makes bracelets. She makes these mm. rubber band bracelets and she wants to make other bracelets. And awesome. she <laughs> went upstairs right away and started making designs and started making wow. bracelets. And I'm like, awesome. just build an inventory. We'll take it to the next show and, and we'll get it done. And yeah. she's super excited. You know, because cool. like you said, these kids are excited about what their mom and dad do, yep. and they've seen the women, and they want to help. And hey, why not? Why not help them they, get behind something like that? Exactly. They see how gracious you and your wife are being for this, and they're just they're 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 gonna see that and thrive on that, and correct. You know, just become better. You know, better people for it, and you know, it's a great example for them to see. Yeah, and it was encouraging just talking to Ryan about it and just, you know, very briefly, but it's like, okay, I can bring them and they can do it. And uh, they're oh, yeah. going to learn a lot. They're going to learn yeah. a lot. The so. Krusek family is so amazing. All of them, they're so well-mannered and well-spoken. And they 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 each have their own, you know, knack for business. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and so it's just, it's been so awesome to watch them grow into who they are today. And it's just, you know, I, I'm not even there. I'm like, I'm a proud pop, but just watch. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it, it was, it was exciting to see, to see Zoe there with her daddy. I'm like, that's going to be me and my girl and something that we'll share for a long time. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for all. I'm excited to get a chance to meet you in person and absolutely have that experience, you know, as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now I'm, I'm, I'm planning out my, my next, my shows for next year. And uh, yeah, excited to see. Yeah. What happens? I, I'd like to go to the Atlanta. I'd like to go to the DC. Um, I'd like to go to the Chicago. I've shot out some emails and hoping to hear back. Um, so we'll see. Um, yeah. You should we'll, be able to, you should be able to get into all three of those. Yeah. Um, if the timing works out well, I would say Baltimore as well. Baltimore is an amazing show, but Baltimore right. and Atlanta are two weeks apart this year. Or Correct. Correct. So that one, <laughs> that would be that, that's that, that's gonna be a tough one, but it's still doable. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So we'll see. And I'm doing we'll both see. of those, Brad. I'm doing both. Have fun oh, with that. Man. Have yeah. fun with that. Glutton yeah. for punishment. Yeah. So the first the first six months of the year is nothing but punishment as far as pandemic goes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, it's not too bad. Like I signed up for the Ohio show two weeks before and I oh. made like 50 pins in two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's doable. Yeah. It's, that wasn't fun before brutal. DC to do that. Not at all. I, <laughs> nope. I almost just said, I'm never doing this again, like making another pin again at one point. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and I did a, a batch of like 50 pins at one time, which I would not recommend. No, you know? no break that down. No. A little bit. Yep. Make it a little bit more manageable. But you, you know, you and I had you and I chat oh, yeah. outside oh, of yeah. this all oh, the yeah. time. So yeah, we've had this to you know to oh, break yeah. it down into smaller, more manageable sizes. That way you have that sense of accomplishment. Absolutely. If you end up not finishing a batch, it's not the end of the world because you actually did finish some work. Right. right. And right. Not the yeah. whole thing yeah. at once. <laughs> You'd rather have I, like 10 that you actually finished instead of 50 that are halfway done by the time exactly. you get to the exactly. show, right? Yeah, exactly. that's the way to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, w- with the Ohio show, it's always been more of a vintage. It's always yeah. been called more of a vintage theme show. Is that still the case, or did you oh, see absolutely. a more modern custom? No, it is more mostly vintage, which was different for okay. me. I got I got set in. I only had a half table, so it was real small. But okay. I had Carl, a, like a vintage re- restorer guy which was wonderful he's this older gentleman who does some incredible stuff and just a sweet guy and then some other pe- people who just had stuff in bins that people kind of <laughs> dug through yeah and so i'm just kind of <laughs> like uh but carl and i worked well together you know i would say hey we have the new and we have the old so what are you looking for if you want something new i have it if not carl here can help you and then we kind of played off each other a little bit nice. it was okay. a lot of fun just being able to do that so well, it's cool awesome. seeing that kind of interaction between the the vintage pin world and the the newer maker world as well. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Because it's it's kind of there's a little bit of a a kind of a distinct world in in the pin community because you know somebody there's a lot of people who love the vintage, there's a lot of people who love the new and there's there's only a few people who kind of mix and match down the middle of that kind of that road there. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah. the DC show go in the main room and the vintage was just off the charts. Oh, yeah. you could find any vintage thing you needed, whether and, and you were talking about with bins to dig through. I went and dug through a bunch of bins looking for, you know, vintage materials. 
you know, to maybe bring back, uh, whether it was a, a, a pin body or something that I could <laughs> modify or something like that, but there was no shortage of every possible part you could imagine Yeah, to find. It was, well, it was astonishing. <laughs> well, Carl, you know, he had some incredible stuff. Let me tell you, like he had some old over, how do they call it? You know, Bent, Bentley, no, Banks. Bexley. Bexley. Yeah. Yep. Um, he had some ebonite pens that were overruns, you know, just extra that he had <laughs> that he made some newer pens out of. Okay. I know what so, you're talking about. Uh, Seidel, Seidel. Yeah. Yeah. Seidel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I know so what you're he, talking about. he had a lot of just really neat things and a lot of neat clips and a lot of just stuff. I think that some of us pen makers <laughs> might be able to use. So I'm like, huh, I got to start brainstorming and see what I can do. So, exactly. Yeah. More you get exposed to in the pen world, the more you kind of, it does bring that creativity. Oh, yeah. Um, now, it was bad because I came back with like a ton more ideas. Like, it's just like, oh, wow. Now I need to try this. Now I need to try that. Now. So it's like, oh, it was not different, good. different than DC. Yeah. I no came more back sleep. And wanted to sleep for three days. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to sleep oh, for the three turning. days. Oh, man. Wow. So, um, Jason, yeah, you have some. I do. Um, he's he's nailing these segments. Yeah, he, he's yeah. just jumping on it. Brad's like, I could take the day off. I'm just chilling, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, so you kind of walked us through how you got into pen making with the component pens, and now you make we call them the three piece pens or you know the custom bespoke. Uh, what kind of tooling are you using? Wood lathe, metal lathe, both. Kind of walk us through all of that fun stuff. I'm pretty yeah, happy like- of what the company uses. Oh yeah, he, pretty happy yeah, he, about that. Like I originally, I originally started just on a on a wood lathe on you know the jet. What is it? Twelve twenty one. That's what I had in Italy. Right. And then here I have a Precision Matthews ten thirty. Nice. You know, and then I have. And thank God that you do. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how Brad and I originally met through through Brooks. Um, yeah, for yeah. those of you who don't know, I'm, John, I'm saved, a bringer of worlds. I, John I the saved my <laughs> bacon, man. Um, when my lathe went down, the well, when the lead screw went down, at least you know, and and I couldn't do anything automatically anymore at huh. all. Uh, John was gracious enough to uh, get a part for me that I needed that yep, I could nice. not get. So you know, I really yep. appreciate that. You kept me going, and that was what right before DC too. So yep, it was that was like, right before ah. DC. Yep. And that shutdown so kind of led me to have to make 60 <laughs> pins in seven days, right? Or 50 <laughs> pins in seven days. Or so yeah, go, I was, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was, yeah, I was uh, a help to you, which is good. Yeah. So, and then I have a couple other lays that I've gotten, you know, for shaping and another one for, for uh, buffing through Brooks buffing system. Yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> patent pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's kind of. Kind of my setup, and I'm here in my garage. So we have a three bay garage, and the back bay is mine nice. for for working. Yeah. Well, had you had you used a metal lathe prior? Or are you just now getting used to it? No, I'm. Uh, I started in Italy, but really didn't. You know, it was a teeny tiny little one. Yeah. Um, but this is a real lathe, uh, a real metal <laughs> one. So, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a big boy lathe. It doesn't yeah, flex big boy when lane. you're turning plastic like the little. No, not at all. Right. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. No, so, yeah. 
you step my up lathe to that, makes funny noises, but that's okay. You step yeah, up to right. that thirty-inch bed on that thing, and you're just like, okay, this is a big boy, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Now, like, I, I could do everything on my wood lathe. I could do that's what I started on. That's what my pen started on. All of them I can make on a wood lathe, but having the metal lathe just makes things faster in some ways and more precise. So, I find that. You know, I, I want to start trying to do more on the wood lathe, but I think that if I had to start drilling or something like that on the wood lathe, I think it would drive me insane. No, you're fine. Um, <laughs> you're fine. Well, well going, from, going from the metal lathe to the wood lathe, I think would drive me nuts. I still do all the shaping and stuff over there, but I started shaping on the metal lathe, which is another fracas all in its own, but, <laughs> you know... Um, and it was like it was like a new world, like discovering fire when I got the you know the wood lathe to start shaping on. But I think like the drilling, especially, would just for some reason. I know it's just spinny spinny plastic and bit going in the end of it. It's there's no real difference, but for some reason, I think it just. I I think it's the fact that the the tailstocks slide differently. You know, like the the wood lathe tailstock is meant to slide more it it feels like the way it's constructed it's got some wobble to it it's not yeah oh yeah it's not as yeah. precision yeah. yeah and it and it and so drilling on the metal lathe to me just seems not easier but more fluid i guess yeah. if that makes sense no it makes it sense. Does, it depends on the metal lathe too because as much as you love my metal lathe bread, you would hate drilling on it because it doesn't have a cam lock on the tailstock. Hmm. So you're having to use that oh, little wrench. I, that one day uh, I came up there, I remember using that wrench a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, that wrench is the bane well, of but, my you existence. Know, I just reverted to just to just advancing it by hand at that point, right? Because you yeah. know, you you taught me that trick. I do that on my lathe now, and and it's a and it's a good way to as long as your lathe is true, <laughs> as long yeah. as the tailstock is is it well, we'll say within a certain trueness. Um, <laughs> as long as you can make it in your pilot hole and not break something. Exactly, you don't need okay. to use the cam lock and then advance it with the quill. You can just slide it in there and advance it by hand. And oh, not on mine. <laughs> so, so I do like three quarters, maybe five eighths you know kind of thing with the with the quill advancement and then the last little bit say the last 10 to 15 millimeters i do by hand because i don't want to overshoot it and it's a lot easier to overshoot it with the quill you know advancing the quill than it is by feeling it out and plus when you're pushing that that wad of crud deeper and deeper into the yeah. pin in front of the bit it's a lot easier to feel that softness when the bit gets back in there where you can advance sure. it, and pull it and get it out of there and clear it um, so, you know, so I've gotten to the system now where I start the hole, I back it out. I go back in there. If I feel that I'll go ahead and shave it and back it out again. And then I set the cam and continue. Cause it, it stops the squealing as much and it stops the rear ends of from exploding and all kinds of good stuff. Well, you yep. wouldn't overshoot your, uh, dimensions. If you actually install that DRO, just saying, yeah, the DRO you still haven't helps. installed that. It's a no. little box. <laughs> I don't need it now. <laughs> you have this perfect magnetic DRO. I've got a Sharpie, man. That's all I need, bro. Hey, yep. that's the right Sharpie, way to do it. Right there. Now you're yep. doing it the way I taught you. I got a Sharpie. Yep. And, and I did this just like, <laughs> what was it, like two weeks ago on my my main carriage wheel. I made marks for the for the depth of my tenons, my, my section, nice. and my body tenon. So now I don't even have to eyeball it. I have them marked on there now. I just have to set it to zero, turn the dial, wow. and now it's a DRO. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> 
Machinists right. everywhere are just whatever like works. Cringing. Whatever works. <laughs> whatever well, it's, works. It's old school machinist is what it is. You know the the old school machinists are love. But yes, I have a brand new Blondie hacks putting on a it. brand <laughs> shiny spanking new very nice DRO still in the box. So yeah. Oh man. Well then, when I get my precision Matthews, you can send it over to me. No, yours will probably just have a DRO on it now. I mean, yeah, you, can, you can buy it pre-installed, which is yeah. what I did, which is what you I should would recommend that because <laughs> yeah. when Carl bought this lathe, they didn't do that. You have to drill it and tap it yourself and install everything. And you have to have a mill wow. to fix the because the brackets don't fit quite right on a Weiss, um, mm. which don't I'm, I'm I'm not trying to say anything bad about the company, but don't buy a Weiss from here on Buy precision Matthews because yeah. you can't get parts. But um, yeah. But the brackets are different, so you have to shave like 20 mil off of one of the brackets to put it on there. But without a really good precision setup mill, you know, I'm not going to do it with a Dremel, you know, and some sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, old school way. Old school way. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, we're, yeah, the whole old school way. What can go wrong? <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> Dad gum everything, man. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Good lord! Yeah, see, so, I looked at, I looked into getting an, a little machine shop one, but I've seen so many people having problems with them. I was like, I'm just gonna wait. Well, especially get, recently, Matthews. Yeah. Whose was it? Uh, Mad, uh, Mad Science. Science. Jacob. The tailstock busted. His tailstock yeah. busted. I just, I, I tried to. I was on. He joined. I think my Carl had some. Carl Fisher had something. Like yeah, that. Carl had the it same. It was a tailstock. The, the, the. I think the old, like the 5200, like I have, didn't have the tailstock problems. I think it was the bigger lathe. Mm. The mm-hmm. seventy two hundred, I think, is what it is. Yeah. Is just terrible. With something is just there's there's a part inside of there that just really poorly made. Wow. Um, and everybody has trouble with the tailstocks. That's yeah, why when they I saw sell that. an upgraded tailstock on their website. You know, when I saw that, <laughs> I was like, nope, I, it's not worth saving any money. You just wait. I've got Anything one chilling upstairs. If you want to, you want to take a ride. <laughs> it makes you know. some weird noises. Yeah, it <laughs> does. <laughs> but they all do at some point. Yeah, well, speaking I'll just of, wait. I'll wait. Know, <laughs> speaking of DROs and measurements and all this, John, are you being in Italy uh, or having been in Italy? I should word it more a little, a little bit better. Uh, metric or freedom units? <laughs> <laughs> what is your mostly, the question of the hour? Mostly, mostly metric. Mostly metric. Like I still measure in inches for length. Of you know how big the pen is, but outside of that, everything's metric. Like all my bits, I have good man. from good man. one. <laughs> yeah, I have like a set a set of bits from one all the way to ten with increments of point one. Ooh, I like uh, it. Ooh. Yeah, now I you have, got Brad. I like <laughs> it. Going, now Brad's uh, engaged. Yeah, Brad's gonna start asking now. questions to that. And then the bigger <laughs> ones, I have what I need. You know. From ten up. Well, but, you know, uh, getting to, getting above ten, you usually need the point one increments. You can get the point two five or the point right. five, and right. you can be fine with that. Because a lot of times there, you're just either drilling the final diameter for the tap on the cap or or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. But once but they get I bigger, like I I even you know I even bore with the metal lathe you know to get the proper diameter because I have the DRO set up that I can. You know, <sighs> dial it in very precisely. I'll hear that. Where, to do it again. You know, oh, yeah. You can't hear I, I an eye roll. <laughs> That's a podcast eye roll right there. <sighs> well, you I'm know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Have, so like, when I make 15 <laughs> millimeter, all I have is 14, and and I get everything right. done. 
with, you know, the metal lathe with the DRO because you just dial it into what you need and you just bore it out. That's just too easy. You know, yeah. <laughs> back in my day, you know, I mean, it's like and so I've recently within the last two or three weeks started using a boring bar more often. And again, I got to where I just barely I touch off of the material set turn my dial to zero and when i got to the proper dimension i put a sharpie mark on there so now i just touch (laughs) off i touch off put it on zero and i turn it to the sharpie mark we're good that's my dro it's all right you don't know what you're missing but once you once you do it oh man i have all the drill and all the taps to put the dro in there i just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet just do it just do it your your assignment before the end to make man here's resolution yeah. I, I would be we interested all know what to happens see. to those yeah i would actually be interested to see yeah last year it was to put the dro on the lathe um <laughs> i would be interested to see if i was actually faster with or without the dro now that i've become accustomed to doing it this way i'm wondering if i would just be quicker doing it the way i do it now now i will tell you getting final diameters done would be way better with the dro because uh, you know, you, you do one and you get it right where you want it. It goes, okay, that's turning it to the one. Okay. Well, the next time you get to the one, it's off 0.05 or whatever, you know? So I I'll give you that turning to diameter would be way faster, Yeah. Yep. but I, now I just use the box wrenches and it's quick. <laughs> or just be like me and eyeball it. And then you just happen to magically hit it. <laughs> oh, looky there. Well, when you say you happen to magically hit it, eyeballing doesn't sound like the best way to go about it. <laughs> but I will give you that. You know, your your eyeballing of measurements is pretty dadgum good. I called you out on that live and tried to make fun of you, but you showed me. I nailed it. Oh, my Lord. So I, I, I'm i going to jump in with a question. Go for it. Ah. I know Jason has one that, oh, you just asked one. Yeah. Um, yeah. John, why did you decide to fool with glass? I mean, and a and a and a having to get glass to a certain size to be able to put into a pin. Why did you do that to yourself? It. I mean, it's beautiful. Don't don't yeah. get me wrong. No, 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 no. But no, this why, is good. Why would you put yourself? Oh, really that? helped him here's, get that there. Here's what happened. All right, <laughs> being an artist and being in Italy, I go into art stores. So there's this very unique art store in Bologna where I was living at the time. And uh, it's an incredible store. Like they still do all the old school painting, like where you have all the pigments, you mix all your own stuff. Like, Oh, wow. 70% of the stuff in there. I didn't even know what it was because, you know, they have stuff that you make your own paints, you make your own everything. And so, but in the very back, so I, I went into the store just to kind of check things out and just to buy things and to try things. And in the very back, they had these jars, these large jars of these pieces of glass made in Venice, you know, the Murini glass, you know. And so I'm like, I wonder what I can do with that. And therefore, I bought a bunch of it, took it home and... I decided how can I incorporate this into a pen and that's kind of how it happened. Hmm. So yeah, like when I started pen making, uh, I have a buddy here that, you know, uh, I met through the IEP and whatnot. And uh, yeah, his thing to me was always, you know, I would shoot, Hey, you think I can do this? And she's like, he's like, sure. 
I think you can do it. And that was kind of the person that kind of helped me. He never told me no. He never told me no, you can't do it. Like, are you crazy? Never because said my I ideas, wouldn't do that, but she had tried. My ideas kind of out there. And, and so that's kind of how that, well, of course I can add that to a pen. So ever since then, I've been adding it to the pens here and there. And now I have a pretty good process for doing it. It's a pain, but uh, the, the end result is incredible. Now, how I, you- I can attest to that because the pen I have from you, John, has the Venetian glass set into it. Yeah, and but it is. That's what that was going to be my follow up. Was how how do you deal with having to having to possibly doctor the diameter of that glass a little bit? Do you just make a bigger or smaller hole and and bag it, yes. or do you actually work with it? No, like uh, I have to measure each piece individually. Hmm. Because okay. the interesting thing with working with these pieces of glass, they're all handmade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of them are round. Okay. So wow. none of them are round. Most, all of them are oval. That doesn't. So you have to find the, <laughs> the widest point in the oval. Yeah. And then like literally I set them out and I have, you know, 9.2. I'll have to send you a picture 5.4. And I kind of group them all together. And then I have to find the right bit and drill that much and then set it in and just kind of work at it from there and hope it doesn't crack. Cause sometimes they crack, they break while you're trying to sand them down because it's glass. Right. Uh, so yeah, so there's a lot like of uh, kind of like making metal bands. You kind of cut 12 of them and you measure them and put them into groups that ones that are like 0.1, you know, within 0.1 millimeter of each other. And you just, <laughs> Yeah, they're not all necessarily going to be perfect. Yep. Um, that's really interesting. And, and it's cool that you're able to get something so, I don't want to say fragile, um, but to, fragile to a point. Delicate. Delicate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be your thesaurus tonight, Brad. I'm, 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 <laughs> that's good. That's good. I'm not hitting on, I'm not firing on all cylinders with that tonight for some reason. But, you know, it's, it's cool that you can get something that delicate to work in this medium. Oh, yeah. 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 Just wait. I, I have some new things on the horizon. Oh, uh, yeah. new things with with the glass pieces. Um, yeah. So some new ideas I got from the pen show. <laughs> oh, nice. Now, so, do you already incorporate glass into every model or is it only certain models? Certain models, but I'm leaning towards incorporating somewhere in every model. Like okay. in the pen show, there's um, some pens that I kind of hid a uh, piece somewhere that wasn't apparent to people. And hmm. so some people may have bought it and it's kind of my, you know, fun hidden treasure, I guess. Right. So you won't notice it right away, but at some point you'll realize what is that? Because I have some pieces <laughs> that are literally like two millimeters, two okay. millimeters. Wow. So they're teeny tiny. And so those you can kind of hide into the material somewhere where you won't notice it right away. But once you notice it, it's kind of fun little extra feature that that's cool. Is there? Hmm, that's really yeah. cool. On my pen, it's, it's, it's not hidden, hidden, but it's, it's, it's not in the most obvious place. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. So, and yeah. by the way, speaking of that, uh, how am I, I want to pronounce the name properly. I, I'm not going to go all Italian on it, but, uh, <laughs> You're just gonna have to say it for me because I'm a I'm a butcher. It otherwise, <laughs> all right. I want to hear it butchered. Uh, 
What is this Venezia, man? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Venezia. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually our most popular model. It's a Venezia. It's, oh, yeah, I was close. Yeah, it, it's the Italian way of saying Venice. So our Venezia okay. model is our Venice model. And the reason why we chose that is because of the Venetian glass that we incorporated into that model. So. Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite of the models as well. Yeah. Just just the sheer, you know, uh, construction aesthetics to it. Oh, yeah. One of the first one of the first handmade pens that I saw around. Um, I want to say it was made with a green acrylic and a yellow section. Maybe it's a it's been. Yep. That's two, what I, that's two and a that's half the years. one I have. Oh, okay. yep. that was one of the first ones I saw online. I was like, wow, that is pretty cool. Uh, that. Oh, yeah. That design. Yeah, we're we're coming out with uh we'll be coming out later, I think, next year with a purple version of that one. Nice. The same nice. spaghetti stripes, the same, but in a purple version. Nice. Okay. I dig it. Yeah. Yep, yep. So it should and be then... fun. That, that, y'all, that was like my one question I would come up with. So that was a good question. <laughs> I, th- I think Jonathan has another question. Oh yeah. I, I have tons of questions still. Uh and I'm actually gonna just expand on uh where Brad was going with the glass. Because I know you also do work with other mediums on your fountain pens or pens oh, yeah. in general with uh, hand, paint, hand painting designs and yep. such like that. So I wanted you to kind of go further into all the different types of uh, artwork because you, you incorporate your art onto your pens. Yeah. No, yeah, like uh, obviously painting and drawing and, you know, my first artistic love is is painting. So, yeah, I decided at one point, well why not incorporate this into, you know, the fountain pens I'm, I'm making. And that's kind of how it grew, but it's a pain curved surfaces in Jonathan, you would understand. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, drawing and painting on a flat surface is easy, but once you start incorporating into a curved surface, it's a whole other ball. Game. <laughs> yes. So, my goodness. Like the hand painted ones I've done are, wonderful once they're done but they're a pain in my side while they're while you're doing them and the line work is just yeah the line work is what drives me crazy especially yeah. uh oh i should say only with arushi because i don't do the same style i don't use the same oh, style yeah. of paint now do you do you do you work from the top down so you're uh meaning from the top of the cap to the base of the cap so that yep. your line work stays um I guess proportional, I guess would be the right way. Cause if you went uh, around the circumference, you're, you're like those cake decorators who have that one misshapen, uh, you know, piece right on the edge because they, they didn't space it out properly. <laughs> yeah, no, usually I start, usually I start from the top to the bottom, but then on the cap part, I have to start here and go down because what I've done in the past, it has to match up. Yes. Right. And so it's like here, it's difficult because, you can't just put, you know, uh, a rod of wood in it so that you can hold it better. You kind of have to hold it mm-hmm. and there's no easy way of doing it. So the bottom part is definitely, yeah, a little bit more difficult, but uh-huh. the end results are incredible. And yeah. Jason, like, like <laughs> Jason and I are going, yeah, we'll let y'all deal with that. <laughs> you guys know, like, at the show, because I brought, I was selling, trying to sell some of my hand painted ones um, at the show, and people thought that those were printed onto the pens. You know, right. they're like, oh, so how did you get these printed on there? I said, 
They're not. <laughs> they are hand painted. They're like, wow. You know, because the ones yeah. I've done have been either on wood or on ebonite. And so, but once you get done with it, you, you can't tell that it's uh, hand painted. That's how <laughs> good, you know, it looks. Wow. Have you found that yeah. ebonite um, or wood are just better, better canvases than say alumilite? I mean, even if you scuff it up real good or anything like that or acrylic. Yeah, because they're, they're porous surfaces like with the wood, how I do it is, you know, I sand it because you can paint on wood, you know, yeah. a lot of oil paints and a lot of, you know, older paintings are done on wood. And so it, you take it through the same process, you know, you sand it real smooth, you prime it, you sand it and you prime it, you know, and so that's what I did to some of them. Um, and same with ebonite, it's a porous, so it kind of sucks in some of the primer and so you're able to do that and so by it sucking in it really sticks to it because once you if you try doing it to you know alumilite or some type of acrylic you can very easily chip it off yeah you know it has that surface that you can chip off and brooks understands all that because it's the same type of thing probably with urushi work it's exactly the same you <laughs> you explain it better than i've ever been able to <laughs> Yeah, so so it's uh yeah, it's a different process, but yeah, I'm excited to incorporate more into some some new designs that we have coming up that have come up because of the pen show that I was at. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Very so, cool. But yeah. Right. Uh, Sorry, I was looking back at at your your stream. I was looking for one particular that I saw that I was going to ask. Oh you yeah. About. Do you have a name for the one that's the 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 multicolored leaves? Is there a name for that? Uh, that seasons. That seasons okay. yeah that's the one i remember more oh, most yeah. of of any of them uh you entered that in on a was it an iep contest or was it uh, like uh no it was uh there was some different ones that i entered in a, or i should have entered in an iep contest but i showed on iep some that's where ones. okay yeah okay yeah. I, I remember it now that might be the one i'm looking for was that the multicolored? yep is that this one? Well, you can't see that. We see glare. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's the one. <laughs> okay. I see the very tip and I recognize it. Yeah. You'll have to put it in the show notes so the rest of us can see it, Brad. <laughs> I can, I'll try. Um, yeah, we'll yeah. have shorter show notes this time a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This time I'll be a little bit less on the uh, links. <laughs> so, so, Jonathan, you have more questions. I do, I do. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm reading chat now, too, as well. He's like, ask me. Yes. Uh, Let's see. You touched on it a little bit uh, before about wanting to do the London pin show. Yeah. But uh, being in Italy, what's the custom pin market like Like in Italy? Is there one, or is it strictly, you know, your all your bigger brands and your Leonardo's, your uh, Visconti's, your Montegrappa's, and yeah. Aurora, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Being, being in Italy as a pin maker was a very difficult place to be because Italians are known for their pins. <laughs> you know, it's got a little bit of history there. Yeah. Oh, there's so many <laughs> incredible pin companies there that nobody, you know, I did go to a pin show, not as a vendor, but to see there was one in Bologna and it was all vintage. It was all vintage. There was no, everything was vintage. Um, It was really small and vintage and that was it. So 
it was really interesting because there aren't very many pin makers. There's nowhere to buy supplies where I had to go to England to buy all my supplies, you know, and and you're thinking seriously, like this is Italy. Look at all these pen manufacturers. Look at all this pen history here. And there's nowhere to buy anything. But is everything they make it in house? Most yeah, it's all proprietary, right? So they don't proprietary. Yeah, like the interesting thing in Italy is that Italians are very serious about what they do, and so there's no such thing as hobbies. Okay, so either you're a professional and you do it for real, or you don't. So when I was looking into even buying a metal lathe there. They were like full blown out metal lathes, you know, CNCs and all these machines. I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. Do you have anything smaller? Yeah, we don't do smaller. <laughs> so, you know, that's so Texas, I ha- Jason. Yeah, yeah, go big or go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the only place is England that really does hobby type machinery and tooling. And so that's kind of was my source okay. for everything pen wise. And so. Now, how how difficult was it to get material? I know because some of the some of the materials, most of the materials you use are from that area still, right? Like, was it available, or did you have to work really, really, really hard to get into that world? Yes, I had to work really, 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 really hard to get into that, and <laughs> it's not even me; it's it's my counterpart that kind of you know, like. Italians will work with Italians. If you're not Italian, it's harder to get in. It's all about who you know. It's all about, yeah, so it was a process. But, you know, eventually I got into that market a little bit. So, and we're still trying. Yeah, and we're still trying to get into a couple other markets. But like I said, I let my Italian counterpart who does Tesori in Italy kind of do all the speaking and emailing and all that because... He's Italian and Italians they'll like take talking them, Italians. <laughs> yeah, they'll take them seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta no. you gotta know how to get the job done where you are. Oh yeah, right. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. And you know, you because some of the materials you work with are just beautiful. I mean, you know, yep. I mean, I don't mean some of them. Most of them are, but it's you can tell that they're a different type. Quality. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a different. I've turned a couple of pieces and, you know, you can turn acrylic from here or there, but it doesn't turn like acrylic. Like I got from you. No, nothing turns like that acrylic. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that acrylic turns like butter. It's just, (laughs) it doesn't craze. I I got to get you some of that, Jason. I'll I'll send you some out for you. Is it, is it an actual acrylic or is it what what they call it? P M M A. Poly. No, it's not poly. No, no, not poly, not oh, okay. polyester, but it's um, there's an acronym for certain acrylics, and I'm trying to remember what it's. It's like PMMA or something like that. that yeah, I don't it's know. A I little just bit. Know it's, so, it's a. It's, <laughs> it's a. It's it turns just like. Well, I shouldn't say it turns. It polishes like your regular acrylics, where you can get that hard that hard hmm. gloss to it. Yeah, but it's it's softer in terms of its turn turnability and machinability. Oh wow! Oh yeah, I, I think I think so. But I just know it's it's easier to turn, and it polishes really. Much. Really. And the, wow. and the the temperature differences in the shop are not 
because Jonathan, I, you know, you and I have talked about this before, like the, the extruded acrylic we get for using in clear portions and everything. If it gets cold, it it's like, it's like trying to turn glass. You can't cut it. Yeah. And yeah. then it shatters, but this stuff, it's just like, it just you works. Can, you can, the lights come down from above and you can hear the choir singing in the background oh. when you start. Yeah. When you start turning it, because it's just like this stuff just turns and it turns beautifully. Yeah. Okay. And okay, drills cool. much better. Oh my God. It doesn't cake up this and it doesn't get gummy. It doesn't get gummy. Well, it, don't let too much heat build up. But, well, you know, if you don't, as long as you don't cut, take too deep a cut at it at, at each yeah. time, you get like maybe five, seven, five to seven mil each cut. It stays cool. It doesn't yeah. get gummy. Okay. So it's nothing like Mazzuccelli, uh, no. class then. No, 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 no it's <laughs> not. Nothing like that at all. New. No. Or you got to cut one millimeter at a time. Yes. And, and then turn everything and off and let it cool off for yep. 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It takes a half hour to drill half an well, inch. That's why I buy tubes, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I buy the, the <laughs> cellulose. I buy the CAN tube form <laughs> yep. where it's just trimming it instead of drilling it out. Mm-hmm. That's the secret. But yeah, it's some great materials, man. And and that's cool that you got that connection that, um, yep. That, that it's just the quality is different. Yep. Yep. There's a, there's a, uh, an ownership in the quality. There's a, there's a, there's a pride in the quality of it. It yep. seems like. Yeah. No, I, I, I took, <laughs> yeah. I, I took all those, all that material, you know, made pens for the Ohio pen show and they definitely people stopped to look at them because of the colors, because of the chatoyants and everything definitely drew them to the table. Cause it's different than what anybody else had. So, so you know, and, and going on that, you know, you have that that quality material. I was just sent a question. Now I have a question for you. Yes. Jonathan, that was sent to me, right? Yeah, yeah. That's okay, good. Um, so in, in reference to cause you know, so you know how some how some makers are collectors, some are not, some are just makers, right? Some don't write with fountain pens as much as others would. Um, what is your favorite pen? Would it be one of your own that you've made or is there another manufacturer's pen that you like, you know, cause we all have like, we all have a, whether it be, you know, this is one of my favorites now, you know, I, I I've got like 20 favorites. It seems like, yeah. but, um, what's yeah, your me, favorite one for me? Like I started, you know, when I got into fountain pens, seriously into fountain pens, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to make these pens, I need to know what the hype is. You know, so I, I I went into some of these forums and got some used ones. You know, I'm like, I want to try all these Italians. So I have, a, you know, some Montegrappa, some Aurora, some, you know, um, yeah, I have most of the ta- some Leonardo's and, you know, I started writing with them and they wrote well, but then I started writing with mine and I started appreciating mine more, you know, and so over time, it's like, I have these really nice expensive pens, but I don't use them. I'd rather use mine. Like I've, I've dabbled into grinding as well. And so I want to perfect that a little bit more. So if I can get it to ground just right, mine writes better than theirs. I'm not willing to grind theirs because their (laughs) name is a lot more expensive than mine. Can't replace those nibs. Yeah. Yeah. So but uh, yeah, for the most part, I think it's it's my pen or other pen makers' pens, you know, because okay. there's something unique about, you know, how it fits in your hand, how I can get it to be the right, you know, 
millimeters in terms of the grip section and everything. Like my everyday pen is a pen that I have that has a size number eight Bach nib. Nice. That, wow. You know, it's a 15 yeah. millimeter threads that, you know, it's a bigger pen. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you're getting Brad all worked up. now. <laughs> it's a titanium nib and it's got a good spring to it. It's got a good flow to it and it just works, you know, like to be able to buy something of that caliber in, you know, a different company, it would cost me like six, seven, eight hundred bucks. Right. I'm like, I yeah. can just make it, you know. <laughs> you know, we all think that way, but I still to this day, we always talk about it. I haven't made myself no. a pin. Me neither. Um, See, no, but I did the right not? thing, though. I made my wife's pen first before I yeah made my yeah well that that goes without saying <laughs> but it's like it's like every time i make one i'm like man i ought to keep this one and then somebody's like i'll buy it and i'm like here you go <laughs> yeah, but, yes. I, I was told this man, once you know? once somebody told me it's like if you're going to be selling pens and making pens you got to have your best with you so if people ask right what do you do you you have that in your pocket and you can pull it out and ever since sure. then i'm like okay I got to have that one pen that I carry around with me all the time. That is kind of my showpiece that says, yeah. Hey, this is what I do. Yeah. And so I just use my Instagram feed. You know, this is what I do. Here's my Instagram feed. You know, here's pictures. Yeah. Of but everyone, I, I do. when everyone asks me and they say, Oh, you know, I, oh, I'm an artist. What do you do? It's like, Oh, I make fountain pens. You build fountains. Yeah. Right. Like, no, no. I'm not going to come to your backyard and put a fountain in for you. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I make pens. What pens? Like pens. writing pens. Yeah. Oh, really? You mean they and still then make like, those things? What? They still yeah, use and, those? Yeah. And and how much do these cost? What twenty dollars? No. Then you tell them the price, and they're like, "Oh, yeah." They're and like, "Yeah." Walk away. They're and, like, and people what? pay that, and people pay that. It's like, yeah, like, yes, a lot yeah, of time goes into this. A and lot one, of time goes into <laughs> yeah. one. Every, one uh, fellow I was talking to was like, "Well, how do you?" He's like, "I tried to use one of those times, but the feather kept tickling my face," and I'm like, "Dude." <laughs> That's not, that's not, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. There We're not going place, back that far. There's a place yeah. for that. There are people who make very nice ones, but I don't, That that's not what I do. Oh, yeah. It, it was just like, it, and the general public, the amount of knowledge about what we do is, is interesting. Um, there's oh, yeah. a lot of maker communities that like everybody knows about. Yeah. You know, furniture and clothing oh, yeah. and jewelry and things like that. But the, the fountain pen the maker world is kind of not in the mainstream of the maker world yet. Oh no, uh, it's just starting it's to kind of get a foothold. It's going to be, um, yeah. All right. it's going to, you know, and I see, uh, I see it exploding in the next few years. It's got to, I mean, because it, you know, look at the number of new makers we have. Oh, oh yeah. a ton. A ton. Um, and at some point it's gonna spill over, you know, I mean, the oh, yeah. cups, the cup's only going to get so full. Which it can be for everybody. I think it would be good, you know, some more exposure. Um, you know, not saying we're not grateful to commute for the community we have, but we want the world to know about this. We want this is a preservation of an art form. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well said, well said. Yes, <laughs> taking something inanimate and making something you can use. You know, I, it's just, and I still always think back to the the Japanese master they have on YouTube that you can watch. And those guys just hunched over that lathe that they're pedaling with their feet. <laughs> and cutting cutting threads with a with a cut up flat piece of metal. Oh yeah, but, just like but see, but see, amazing. fifty 
50 years down the road, people are going to look at our machinery the same way. And we'll be those old people using these, you know, precision Matthew <laughs> lathes because, because they're going to have this incredible technology that that's going to, you know, be different. So look at it that way. We're, we're yeah, going to be those right. old men sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> It'd be like, uh, was it back to the future too, where they just put the packet in the microwave and it's like hydrate to level five at the pizza pops. The whole meal. Yeah. 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 I'm still waiting for that. I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I would be down with that. I would be so down with that. <laughs> All right. So Jonathan gave me a question to ask you. So you said y'all are going to have to fend for yourselves now. That was the last one I asked. That's fine. Jason, do you have anything or you want me to go? I think we've kind of hit them all. At least yeah, I think I we're, we're getting, we're getting to the tail end of the interview, I believe. <laughs> okay, here's a quick one. So do you listen to anything when you're working music, nothing silent? No, I I'm, I'm a music guy. Like nice. I have to have music or yeah, podcasts right or like, I'm not, I can't work in silence. I, yeah, I need something happening going on. So all different types, audiobooks a lot, you know, so. Cool. And if it's music, what type of music are you drawn to? Uh, light rock, I think just kind of light rock or just even some instrumental stuff, yes. you know, just, that I don't have to think about. <laughs> I can just kind of let play. Well, don't go work you know. at Jonathan's shop. <laughs> my playlist has 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 no bounds we'll call it same here same here it's like I, there's a guy in my office that he's probably been collecting music he's worked for our company for like 20 some years and he's got a hard drive that he does everything and yeah. it'll go from trans-siberian orchestra to avril lavigne back to jimmy buffett then to the beatles and it's like literally everything and you're just like what okay. in the world? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Andrea Bocelli all the way to Dr. It's, Dre. It's tough to, <laughs> yeah. to rap on it sometimes though. Um, Cause I'll set now that my old phone had my entire iTunes library downloaded on it, but this new one doesn't. So I've been going to like Apple music. And when I find a song yep. I like, I'm like add to library. Right. So I'll hit this. I'll hit the shuffle on there. And I'm just like, what did I actually download this? <laughs> like where, <laughs> where did this, cause uh, no, never mind. I was listening to Van Morrison's Moondance album the other day, one of my favorite albums of all time, right? But when it gets to the end of the album, it just starts playing random music that is like either inspired by or sounds like this or that. Oh. And the other day it, it got to the last song and I was I was doing something on the other side of the shop and I couldn't get to it to go to a new album or something. And it was like I, I it was like Ice Cube or something that came up and it was nice. like there is no way that that Apple Music made a connection between Van Morrison and this. It was playing um, NWA or something, right? Like that, right? I mean, it just, it just <laughs> I was like, it went to just the the opposite ends of the musical universe at that point. But you know, I listened to it because it was a cool tune. But um, yeah, silence <laughs> silence in the shop is just weird. Just listening, but you know, every once in a while, I like to listen to the machines work. But mm-hmm. it, it's good to have that. And music motivates you if you ever know. I mean, it depends on what kind of music you're listening to. Yeah. Oh, it, I, I live off the music I, that plays oh, yeah. while I'm in here. Oh, yeah. Um, it's when I do my little live streams. From, I haven't done a live stream in quite a while, but when I was doing them a little bit uh, frequently, it actually felt weird working doing one because there's no, because yeah. I can't play music because you get the, you know, the strike or whatever and it's too quiet. Yeah, yeah, it's like I can't. 
there's nobody physically there to, to hear a voice to communicate with. So it's props to the people who are content creators that, that can sit there and talk to a camera. All day. Like, I, I'm not one of those. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I've got a follow-up um, on the music. So <laughs> we've talked about the, oh, crap, I've got to get ready for the show push, right? What music would motivate you the most in that I have got to get into production mode kind of facility, John? I don't think there's any type of music. Just, <laughs> just get it done. At that okay. point, I'm not thinking music. Whatever, you know, I don't even, I think at that point, I just, you know, Apple Music and hit play and whatever yeah. came on was kind of the mode I was in. Did you so, even hear it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just kind of there, just kind of there. Jonathan, same question. I have the tiger. Okay. Okay. Little motivation. Little Rocky. Little motivation. <laughs> Jason, what would and what would get you into that? I've got to get this done. Motivated. That's a tough one. Um, I would probably have to say it's what I would normally listen to, just because. Yeah. So lately, it it oscillates, but lately I've been listening to just instrumental guitar. Sure. Uh, Tommy Emmanuel, Leo Koki. Uh, what's the other guys? Doyle Dykes, a bunch of those guys. It's just all instrumental. And it's just nice background filler music that I can kind of have that creative flow. Um, I'm not a big loud music person. I used to be, but um, I get a bad attitude when I listen to <laughs> loud music. Just being honest, right. so I try not to do that. Um, the other one, I guess, the other one that would do it is because um, I, I use all Pandora, so I just like to set up my station and not have to think about it. Sure. Um, so I've got that one and then I'll go to milk carton kids, which is more kind of folksy bluegrass kind of stuff. Those would be the two. I'd probably go back and forth. I have two and it's kind of weird. (laughs) One of them, if I'm, if I'm in like the, I don't want to deal with it, but I've got to get it done. That's Rammstein. I will, I will, I will blast the Earth, the Zenzuk album. I'm not surprised. I'm not. Yeah, I will blast the Zenzuk album as loud as I possibly can. Um, but then there's also that production time when I got to get stuff done where I need to kind of concentrate. You know, you need to relax a little bit because you, you know how how what happens when we move too fast. You know, either we get hurt. Or we break Boom. a bunch of stuff. <laughs> um, so I ran into this a, cu- a few years ago on YouTube. There's a song by Marconi Union. It's called Weightless. It's known as one of the most relaxing songs out there. And there's like a 10 hour on YouTube. Oh, wow. Jeez. And it's, it's it, for some reason, it calms me down and it helps me concentrate. But here's the thing. Since it's on YouTube, you get this really chilled out music, right? And you're feeling amazing. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you get an a, ad. And all of a sudden, <laughs> a, a Geico ad pops in. And you're just like, you just totally harshed my groove, dude. You know, it's yeah. just like, ah. See, I expected it, it, it you was, to say Weird Al. Well, no, I love the Weird Al, but the Weird Al is when I'm in that kind of happy mood, you know, and I'm like getting okay. creative, you know, I'm in that artistically creative <laughs> mood. I'll throw on a little white and nerdy or, you know, I mean, you know, something <laughs> like that or or some good. Uh, one of my favorite ones is called Word Crimes. It talks about everybody butchering grammar. I mean, I do it, too. Um, so, yeah. Southern. Uh, so the Weird Al is like the happy shop, happy you know. Shop. Happy shop times. Sun is shining even when the sun can't get in kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we're at the, we're at the end. So John, um, 
I where it's where everybody can find you, man. Yeah, you guys can find me. Well, I mean, not like your not like your address, not like your home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, not my home not address. That, not that kind of find you. <laughs> no, uh, there's a couple spots you can find me. You can find me at hellotellostudio.com or tesoriitali.com. So we're going to be carrying Tesori Italy pens on hellotellostudio.com um, cool. this week. We're going to be putting some there. So if you want, if you're in Europe, you want to go to the Tesori website because they can get those out to you from there. If you're stateside, we decided that by me being here, I can just ship them out from here and sell them through uh, hellotellostudio.com and get them to you easier, more quickly, um, and yeah, just more efficiently. So, cool. And that's hellotello on Instagram as well. Yeah, hellotello studio. Okay, studio. Yep. Okay. Jonathan. Uh, you can find me at carolinapincompany.com or carolinapincompany via Instagram. Jason. Nice. I am jasonneilpinworks.com and jasonneilpinworks on Instagram. Brad. I am Mythic Pins on Instagram and mythicpins.com on the World Wide Webs, the WWWs. Um, you know, and John, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank, thank you, you for John. taking time out of your week to, to sit down and talk with us a little bit. Uh, before we finished, I do want to give a shout out. We did this a couple of weeks ago or attempted this a couple of weeks ago, but it was so disjointed and weird. We had to edit it out. Um, you know, I wanted to give a, I want to give a shout out to some of the other pin podcasts that are out there in the community. Um, you know, uh, we all, I listen to a lot of different ones when I'm doing this or that usually driving is my podcast time typically. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to, I got one, two, three, four, five, six on my list here. And I think I covered most of them that we before I had to edit it out because we screwed it all up, but you know, uh, so uh, we have uh, one of the ones I wanted to start off with was the Tintorius podcast. That's uh, Dr. Jeffrey Coleman and Eric Gama, right? That's the one, Jason, I think you brought up. Um, that's, yeah. You can find I think them. It's one of the only Spanish ones out there. I think so. Um, and oh, yeah. at Dr. Coleman 1102 and at underscore Eric Gama underscore on Instagram. You can find them that way. Uh, the Tokyo Inglings podcast, CY and Jacob, uh, Food A Fan and Tokyo Station Pins on Instagram. You can find them there too. Uh, so, and it, and it goes to show that there's a lot of different content out there for no matter what you're into with pins. Whether it's the 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 Japanese pins, the the sailors and things like the pilots, or whether you um, are a native Spanish speaking person, that the Tintorias podcast is great. Uh, so you've got then you got the pin addict, of course, with the Brad Dowdy and Mike Hurley. Uh, you can find them at, at pin addict or at iMike on Instagram or the pin addict, of course. Um, one that I found a while back uh, that you made that podcast. Is hosted. One of the hosts is somebody who kind of has has had a hand in a lot of what a lot of pin makers do. That's Bob Blanford. He is RJB Wood Turner uh, on okay. Instagram. Um, Rebecca DeGroot is one of their hosts at, on Instagram at Rebecca underscore DeGroot, and then Mike DeLauder. I believe he's at Lost River Pins uh, on Instagram. Then we have the Bent Tines with uh, Catherine and Matthew at Inky Cat Writes and at Hey Matthew. Everybody like again, Hey Matthew. I, we wouldn't have gotten through the DC show without your help. We yeah. would have, we would have broiled to death in that room. Without oh, your yes. Help. <laughs> you were instrumental in the, in the, uh, 
climate control area, we'll say. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was a bit bit warm. Right. Um, and another one, it's not really pin-based, although they do talk about pins, but it's more stationary um, and letter-writing-based stationary orbit, uh, John West and the Stationary Orbit podcast. I've learned a lot of really interesting stuff that I never would have learned had I not been listening to that, like letter locking <laughs> and, and these these things about the Postal Service and how to get like certain cancel stamps and, 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 and postmarks and things. It's really, it, there's some really, really cool information there. So just a shout out to those folks, no matter what you're into in the pen world, you can find somebody that wants to talk about it. Uh, bel- uh, Did I, I miss one? Yeah, I think there's one more. I'm just making sure I, I got the right. Is it the Pentertainment podcast? No, no. Uh, pen boy Roy, I think. It's- oh, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that the Pentertainment podcast? Isn't that the name of it? I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is entertainment. Of course. I sit here making a list the whole time and searching on Instagram and I forgot somebody. That's just my style. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember he, uh, he, he just recently put out an episode with Ryan Krusak. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Which is, yep. and so I do Pinboy Roy, but I didn't, I, you know, the entertainment part was where I was lacking the knowledge. So, you know, we encourage our listeners to check out the other parts of the pen podcast universe. There's something out there for everybody, no matter what part of the pen world you're, you're interested in. Yeah. We, we, we hit on all different fast, you know, it's a multifaceted world where yes, we it hit is. On there it the is. Different, yeah. I had to get it in there. Somehow, <laughs> but if you want to be a member, this is a good podcast to be a member. Ooh, man, oh, you're just, man. man, you're just I think we it. found our fourth you, host here. You were just yeah. killing it this man. episode. John. Yeah, there is a membership area. If you go into our website at thepenturns.com, you can scroll down to the bottom and hit the become a member tab <laughs> um, for a very, very low price of a monthly fee. You can help us continue to make content, continue to uh, produce this podcast because right. as with anything, nothing's free in this world, right? Uh, only oh. John Tello's graciousness with his uh, graphics and now marketing skills. Now, there you go. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, sir. We do appreciate the logo work, too. That was great. Uh, yeah, I can't. But, uh, this, I have the stickers. They're in transit. I've been. They oh, were man. supposed to have already Somewhere. been delivered, but they're, they're, they're on their way. <laughs> and that reminds somewhere. me. That reminds me, membership packets will be going out soon. We've got two things that we're waiting on to come in before those can go out. So, um you know, and you did a great job with that logo, bud. Um, yeah, that was so cool. I was more, I was more than happy with the one you did for me uh, for my mythic stuff, the psychedelic, uh, <laughs> psychedelic one, and then you just, you just blew it out of the water with the, with the podcast logo. I, I really liked that. And hey, John is also the creative mind behind the unicorn autopsy uh, artwork and and everything behind that as well. So I mean, John and I have been working together. More to come, on, more to come. Yeah, on lots of different projects. Can't wait to see what. <laughs> so there you cool. go, folks. That's the end of episode twenty-two. Thank you for sticking with us. It's been a fun conversation. We've had a good time. Oh, well, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Do Thank you, again. John, for you know all the information you've given us as far as yeah. you know your background and the work that you do with Tesori. That's amazing stuff. Uh, we wish it all the best and. We can't wait to see it grow. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. No, it's it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, and thank you. So on that note, for everybody here at As the Pen Turns, 
thank you for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day to let us talk to you and talk at you for a second. Uh, we do we appreciate the listens. We appreciate the downloads. So for everybody here at As the Ben Turns Podcast, I'm Brad. I'm Jason. I'm Jonathan. Everybody I'm have a great, 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 great. <laughs> <day>. Nice. <laughs> right on.